as as Paul mentioned, we we were in in the area because of a conference yesterday in Crystal Lake at the Evangelical Free Church, and uh, we ministered there along with several other Native ministry leaders from different organizations. And my brother Ron Hutchcraft was there uh, to talk about his youth ministry with Native youth, and uh, it was a wonderful day there at Crystal Lake. But one of the exciting things, and I'm going to ask you to pray with us about this because. It's, uh, you know how the on CNN or Fox, they talk about breaking news. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about some breaking news that's happening that we're, we're very excited about. Uh, Pastor mentioned we've been working with Ron Hutchcraft, and we have for the past six years in leading the Native Youth Ministry of his organization called On Eagle's Wings. What On Eagle's Wings is is a team of young Native evangelists. And over the past six years, we've been privileged to invest our life in about really almost 200 young Native evangelists who travel together and do evangelism in Native communities all over North America. Uh, LaDonna and I have been privileged to lead that for the past six years. And in those six years, God has used everyday Native young people to do some amazing work for Christ in bringing the hope of the gospel to some of America's most devastated adolescents, Native young people. Among our Native youth, we have a suicide rate four times the national average. We have the highest rates of drug, alcohol, sexual abuse in the country. They're off the charts. An incredible amount of hopelessness abounds in many of our communities. And there's such lostness that is there. And as this team of Native young people show up at a basketball court on a reservation or some park or wherever, and we bring the gospel through some events that draw lost people to our to our, our gatherings. We have seen in the past six years almost 6,500 Native young people come to faith in Christ. It's amazing. It's missions history. And among our Native people, I'll tell you, they've been a hardened heart to the gospel, but God is doing a new work among the youth. And we're seeing a great move of God's Spirit. This January, LaDonna and I stepped away from leading on Eagle's Wings because, like missionaries, we worked ourselves out of a job. <laughs> it's a good thing. These native young people are now the leaders of on Eagle's Wings, and we could step back, and they're taking it and running with it, and they're going. And we're taking the story of God using native young people to come into our churches to help equip everyday believers to reach Lost people in uh, helping become everyday rescuers, helping to reach lost people with the gospel of Christ. You know, most of God's people have never once shared their faith with another person. And it's not that there's a want to. I think every one of us would want to if we had if we knew what to do, how to do it. And we've seen just some practical equipping of everyday native young people turn them into spiritual rescue warriors. And if God can use them, he can use any one of us. God has used them to reach native youth in their tribes. And guess what? We're all tribal. Every one of us in this room is from a tribe. Oh, wait, I'm not an Indian. (laughs) Well, it doesn't have to be a cultural tribe. It might be a vocational tribe. What, what, What kind of work do you do? Well, I'm a school teacher. I bet you've got some relationships and friendships with school teachers. And you visit and you share and you talk and... Your everyday conversations with school teachers who may not know Christ. That's a tribe. There's a school teacher tribe. There's a fireman tribe. There's a police officer tribe. There's, there's a retiree tribe. I know there is. They speak their own language. 
They always talk about their aches, pains, surgeries, and medications. Right? And, and we, we hang out and build social relationships, a neighborhood tribe or whatever. How do we bring the hope of the gospel to our friends and those that God has globally positioned us next to in our everyday relationships? How do you bring the gospel to them? And uh, so we have launched a ministry through the Alliance called Tribal Rescue Training. It's starting this year. And we've begun now to take this training out into our Alliance churches and beyond to help equip everyday believers through some few days coming into a church and sitting down with God's people and just walking them through some simple, practical training that we've given this team that has turned them loose and caused them to become pretty amazing spiritual rescuers among their peers. And uh, what excites me is tonight uh, we're going to be meeting with uh, the Hispanic Alliance churches in the region. I had the privilege in, in, in March of being here in all the churches during their missions conferences and uh, spoke and shared about what God's doing in Native America. And the youth of these Hispanic churches are saying, God's using Native youth pretty amazingly. Could he use us as Hispanic youth to reach our Hispanic youth, maybe we could use the same strategy and evangelism outreach strategy that you guys use. Can you come and talk to us about that? We're going to be meeting tonight over at Long Grove with what could be over 100 Hispanic youth from the Area Alliance Hispanic churches. And if they're on board with us, we're going to come back this summer and do a training like we do our team and then lead an, an, out, an initial outreach. We're going to bring some of these native young warriors with us. They're going to come and they're going to help lead the outreach alongside the Hispanic youth as they uh, help bring the gospel to their peers in some park, maybe Humboldt Park down in, in, in the inner city. Who knows where God's going to give us an opportunity to bring the hope of the gospel. And from that, a model could be developed for Hispanic youth to reach youth in their in their areas. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that moves us into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ than becoming a spiritual rescuer. In fact, if, if you have your Bibles or if you see up here on the screen, look at what it says in Philemon. Paul wrote to Philemon and he said these words. He said, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Why? So that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Do you realize that there is a level of Christian experience. There is a level in Christ that we will never, ever reach or attain until we become active in sharing our faith. You know what statistics tell us? Statistics tell us that over 90% of God's people have never once shared their faith with another person. 90%. You know, in our Alliance churches, we have about 2,000 Alliance congregations in the United States. You know, last year in the annual reporting of, of our Alliance churches, almost 400 of them, 387, said nobody came to Jesus through our church this year. We did not see a single person come to know Christ. Wow. And... The Alliance compares to many other denominations. Our churches, we compare very similarly to a lot of other, other groups. The vast majority of God's people have not seen themselves 
in the role of a spiritual rescuer. I have we've been privileged in these past six years of working with some amazing native young people. These are just everyday res kids. <laughs> you know, res kid, reservation, Indian reservation. That's where we're from. That's where we hail from. And these kids were so wounded and so broke in spirit and in they had no hope, no vision, no direction in life. They came to Christ. They found hope in Jesus. And they have been equipped and trained to become a rescuer among their own people. And it's amazing what God is doing in these young people's lives. Some of them are seeing a call of God because of their experience with us as spiritual rescuers. They're saying this is more than just a summer of hope for me. This could very well be a calling. I believe God's calling me into serving Him. The clarification of a calling has come to some of them because of their experience of standing up and sharing their faith with another person. There is a level of living, a level of Christian experience that we will never ever understand or attain until we become an active sharer of our faith. Question. How do you know you found the deeper life in Christ? You know, that's one of the things in the Alliance we talk a lot about. We talk about the deeper life. That, that this life in Christ, this life of, of, of the Christ living in and through me. We talk about the role of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, that's part of our doctrine. LaDonna explained her journey. Five years old, coming to faith in Christ. Coming to know Jesus as a child. Growing up in teen years as a Christian who was living on the fence in, in, in waywardness and disobedience to God. But it wasn't until she was 19 years old that she experienced the power of the Holy Ghost in her life. The being filled with the Spirit. That's a part of our our, our, our doctrine, that's a part of our, that's part of God's word. He, he tells us we must be filled with the Spirit. The deeper life in Christ. There's levels of relationship with Him. He wants us to attain. So how do you know? How do you know you've reached and found the deeper life in Christ? What are the characteristics that mark an obedient follower of Jesus? How do you go to this deep level? Of that relationship with Jesus. There's a number of things we could discuss this morning about steps to be enjoying and living in a deeper life in Christ. And by the way, that deeper life is, is really the normal life, is what God's called us to. That's really what He wants us to live. And, and if you're not living in the deeper life, you're living in the surface. And living on the surface is no way to live if you've been redeemed, if you've been set free by the power of Jesus and, and the cross has impacted your life. He saved us for a purpose. If, if He saved us just to get us out of hell, when He saved us, He'd have shot us right on up to glory. But we're here. We've got a role, we've got a purpose, we have a, a place in His kingdom that He wants us to be participants in. And this verse tells us that we're never going to know the deepest level of relationship with Christ, know His fullness completely, and all He's given to us as His children until we become active participants in His spiritual rescue work. He says He prayed, Paul did, that they would be active in sharing their faith. What did He mean by that? You know, in the original language where He says, I, want, I pray that you be active in sharing your faith, it's a it's a deep word in and of itself. In fact, the word actually means a mutual sharing of all that is life. It means getting into deep and established relationships with other people. We do that in several ways. 
we do that, first of all, in the context of, of, of the, the local church. As believers, we share together. This is the family of God coming together. And when Paul says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, he says you've got to be active and involved in the life of the local church. Sharing your faith with other believers. I love what Haddon Robinson says, the great uh, preacher from over, uh, professor of preaching at Gordon-Conwell. He says, he says, when I look at the church, he said, it often reminds me of a professional football game on Sunday afternoon as I'm sitting there in my recliner, especially at the end of the game. He says, I'm looking on the TV, and what do I see? He said, I see 22 men in desperate need of rest being watched by 80,000 people in desperate need of exercise. <laughs> he says, that's... That's the church. Is it just a few doing everything? Paul says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. That means sharing it in the community of faith with one another. Being as brothers and sisters together. You know, we usually don't have a problem with that part of being active in sharing our faith. We're comfortable in our chairs. We're comfortable in the walls of our congregations. But there's a deeper experience. There's something missing. Until we understand and embrace and see that the reason He has saved us, the reason He's put us in His church, the reason He's placed us in this community of faith is so that we may be active in sharing our faith with those who have no hope. And there is a level of experience in Jesus Christ that we will never attain. Until that becomes a mark of our life. We share our life as believers with other believers. We do that in the context of this local church. But we share our life as believers. We are called to share our life as believers to an unbelieving world. By building friendships with lost people. And from those relationships come great opportunity to represent Christ. You are the best chance for some people in your community in your neighborhood, in your social group to hear about Jesus. What are some of your interests? Well, I'm, I'm a biker. I like, to, uh, I, like, I like hanging out in a biking crowd. Well, boy, I'll tell you what, I think there's a lot of lost people that, that ride, ride those bikes, don't they? And, and if God has placed you in your interest groups, I'm a soccer mom. Well, not me. I mean, you, you're, you're, you might be a soccer mom running your kids to soccer games. And you're standing there cheering your team on next to another soccer mom. You begin to you dialogue and friendship, build relationships with, and you hang out a bowling tribe, or whatever the case might be. There's so many different relationship groups that God has placed us in. And when He's when Paul is saying, "I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith," what He's saying is. I'm praying that you are active in sharing your life and building friendships and building relationships with people who need to hear the gospel. Because you are their best chance at heaven. Who else is in a relationship with them? We can't bring David Thompson back from the bungalow hospital to do the work of what he does there in McHenry. David Thompson and our other missionaries who are faithful around the world preaching the gospel, they are doing exactly what God has called every one of us to do. 
And when we send that money into the Great Commission and we pray for our missionaries who are doing exactly that work of of building friendship and relationship with lost people in other parts of the world. We have the wonderful privilege of being just like a David Thompson. Right here in this uttermost part of the earth called McHenry. I don't think you can get much further from Jerusalem, by the way, than McHenry, huh? This is the uttermost part of the earth. You ever thought of yourself as a one of our alliance foreign missionaries? You really could be if you were a spiritual rescuer. Because that's exactly what they are doing. And it's what God has called us to do. And it's interesting. The way we do it is by sharing our life. It, it, by, by sharing all of life with other people. Being in, it, it, it just simply implies being in relationships. Meaningful relationships. I pray that you may be active in sharing your life in relationships so that people can see the hope that Jesus Christ has to offer. When you think about it, where would you be today? Where would I be today if there wasn't somebody who was that active sharer of of their faith? I wouldn't be here. I'm here today because of missionaries, alliance missionaries that came to my reservation three generations ago. My grandparents were some of the first Chippewa Indians to come to know Christ. And that provided a, a spiritual climate for me to come to know Jesus as a young person. But in my day and when I was a teenager, when I was 13 years old, that's when I surrendered my life to Christ. Somebody had to convey the truth. And I wouldn't be here today if they hadn't. But what's so exciting about this verse is the benefit it has in your own life. He says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of all that we have in Christ. You will not know that. I will never know that. I won't know the full life in Christ until this requirement is met in my life. Well, what are some of those things? What are some of the things that we we have in Christ that we would learn by being a rescuer? I'll tell you what, we might as well order pizza in and be here for a while because there's so much to tell you about. So I want to be like Elizabeth Taylor. She told her seven husbands, I'm not going to keep you very long. So I'm just going (laughs) to. Well, that's what she said. I, I, I want to just. Pull out a couple of things. Would you give me just a few minutes to share with you what, what, from our experience, from what we've seen as God has used us and as God has used these amazing Native young people, the difference it has made in their life. Let me tell you some lessons. First of all, one of the lessons, you'll, one of the things we've learned, the deep things of Christ, is the fact that we have an indescribable hope. I'll tell you what, when, when, when you become a rescuer, this, this understanding of the hope we have just comes alive. In fact, Scripture reminds us about the condition of people who are without Christ right now. Those people in your sphere of influence. 
remember in Ephesians, Paul says, remember at time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenant of promise, without hope and without God in this world. God never created man to be apart from Him. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, it says, all things are made by Him and for Him. There was a relationship we were created to have. Every single person on planet earth was created by Him for Him. People don't know that. Life's most important relationship is being missed by most people on planet earth. The very purpose for living is being missed. And you were without hope. I know what it is to be without hope. You knew what it was to be without hope before Christ came into your life. But when you have found Jesus, do you remember back the joy that came into your life when you knew your sins were forgiven? When you came up, whether it was from an altar prayer or wherever you met God, remember the joy that you had in being free and finding hope. There's nothing that can come close to that. Well, there is one thing that is almost as close to that. And that is helping someone else find that hope. It just comes back alive in your life. When you see somebody who God has used you to bring the message of hope, it not only gives them new hope, but it renews hope in you. I've seen these native young people as we've traveled and as they've brought the hope of the gospel, as they've shared the message of faith, and they've seen and they've prayed personally with young native people, some who are ready to give up hope. And you see the light of hope come on in their eyes. These native young people, they say, it's amazing. God used me to help someone find hope. That's a deep level of living. Many of God's people miss that. And then there's issues of hope regarding eternity. Brothers, we don't want you to be ignorant. First Thessalonians 4 tells us about those who have fallen asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. When you don't know God, when you're away from God, there is no hope for eternity. But then in Romans it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The hope Christ offers is not just a ticket out of hell, but it is a hope that gives meaning to life here on earth. And how does that hope come? The hope comes by the power of the Spirit. You see, another deep level of truth that we will never know until we become a rescuer is the realization of an empowering Spirit of God in us. In fact, why, why does the Lord want us to be filled with the Spirit anyway? He tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Why be filled with the Holy Spirit? God says, I want you to be filled with the Spirit so that you will be my witness. 
The purpose of being filled life, being filled with the Spirit, is so that we can effectively communicate hope to somebody else. It's not just to give us an abundant life and a life of, of, of peace and joy and contentment in the context of a local church and then let everybody else go on their own way, marching blindlessly to hell. Rescue those staggering towards slaughter, Scripture says. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. There's a reason the power of the Holy Spirit has given us. I remember LaDonna and I reconnected about the time that she had just surrendered her life to God and was filled with the Spirit. She came back to our reservation. And I remember, you remember this, LaDonna? You were so active in sharing your faith. Some of your old classmates in our reservation, some of the gals that you connected with, she was just bubbling over with the joy of the Holy Spirit, which led her to be a witness and a rescuer. That's what the Spirit of God does. It's an amazing level of living. We have an empowering Spirit. But let me tell you another deep level of living is that we have an answer for the pain of our past. I tell you, when you become a spiritual rescuer and you see the work of God's Spirit and you see hope coming into other people's lives because God has used you as His representative, as His agent to bring hope, you know what happens? You have an answer to the pain. And I think many of us in this room probably have some level of pain in our past. The enemy has always wanted to destroy you. He still does. There is a destructive plan for your life. Satan, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Things happen to us. Sometimes we suffer because of our sin. But, you know, sometimes we suffer because of the sin of others. As a five-year-old child on my home reservation, I was abducted. I was kidnapped. And I suffered. Incredible experience. Painful. The enemy wanted to destroy my life. He wanted to kill me. But thankfully, God allowed me to endure and survive. Why? I didn't have answers. In fact, I often growing up thought, Lord, why? Why did you allow this? And then when I became a rescuer, I began to realize there are so many people who are locked up in prisons of, of pain because of their own hurt. And I have found even so many of God's people still live in the pain of their past through bitterness and unforgiveness. And the enemy is still trying to kill and destroy God's people. But one of the great liberators in my life was as I have been able to take the pain of my past and share it with other people. It connects me heart to heart with a person who right now is contemplating taking their own life because they don't know how to deal with that pain that they're living in. I'll never forget one of our young Eskimo rescuers. She was, we asked her to share her hope story. She was a young gal who was ready to commit suicide before she came to Christ. And Jesus rescued her. 
And when she came, we were on the Coeur d'Alene Reservation in Idaho a few years ago. We asked her, we'd like you to share your story tonight in our outreach. She was shy. Oh, she was a shy gal. And she had this story of pain in her life. She got up to share. Grabbed a microphone like this in her hand and she talked about how before she came to Jesus, she was, as a young teenager, ready to commit suicide. But Jesus Christ rescued her and saved her and gave her hope. And she's standing here on this reservation today. I'm here, she said, to tell you there's hope. Little did we know that that very morning, two cousins in that community, two young Coeur d'Alene gals were sitting together planning out their mutual suicides that night. And they were going to take their life. They were heading to do it. When they came by and they heard the, the sound, they came to our outreach event. And in God's supernatural timing, that young Eskimo gal got up and shared. These gals said, there's hope. There's hope. They came. They came to Christ. They didn't commit suicide that night. Why? Because God took what the enemy intended to destroy that young Eskimo gal and used it to help bring people to Christ to find hope. When she came on the bus, after she shared her story, and we didn't even know about these gals yet. It was later in the evening when they came to Christ. She had this big smile on her face. She says, you know, I can't believe how God could take all the garbage of my life and use it to help other people. <laughs> That's a deep life. Why allow the enemy to continue to destroy us with the pain of our past when God says, would you allow me to take it and use it to help others? That's beauty from ashes. That's God taking garbage and turning it into something for His glory. That's a deep level of living. And when you become a rescuer, God takes the stories, our own life stories, and uses it for His glory. In John 9 it says, as Jesus, as He went along, He saw a man blind from birth. The disciples asked Him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? Neither this man or his parents sinned, said Jesus. He said, this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. What is something that is displayed? It's not hidden. It's out for people to see. The tragedies of our own life. God has a purpose and a plan. So that the work of God can be displayed. I'll tell you what, that takes, that takes our life and turns it into something for His glory. You see, there's a deeper level God wants us to live in. And the only way it can happen 
is by becoming active in sharing our faith. But let me tell you one other thing. Told you we didn't have time for just a few. But one of the good things we have in Christ that we learn by becoming active in sharing our faith is that we have a new heavenly perspective of life on earth, a new heavenly view of earth. Um, I want you to meet a young man. And uh, if we can pop him up there, there he is. He's one of our team members. His name is Ricky, Ricky Bird. And Ricky is a Cherokee from Oklahoma. I've been privileged, LaDonna and I have been privileged to work with Ricky for... Um, Oh, he's been a rescuer on our on Eagles Wings team for probably four years now. And when he came, he was very shy, very timid. And he has become one of the most incredible presenters of the gospel uh, on our team. In fact, we brought him on staff. Ricky has been working in our office, in the on Eagles Wings office, for the last uh, couple of years, doing a great job. And just uh, uh, a couple of... Uh, maybe a month ago, uh, Ricky celebrated his 25th birthday. And the weekend of his 25th birthday, um, he had not been feeling well for a while. And Ricky, um, they said, you need to get some tests. So he went back to Oklahoma and they did some tests on Ricky. And they found out that Ricky had a tumor. In his brain. 25 years old. And Ricky, um, they told him, Ricky, we need to do surgery. So they did surgery just a few weeks ago. They went in and they removed about 90% of the tumor. They couldn't get it all. And it's a rapid growing tumor. And we were waiting to hear the results from uh, the doctors. And we got an email from... My brother Ron Hutchcraft, and um, here's what he said. Ricky called 20 minutes after his appointment with the oncologist to tell us what the doctor had said. It was hard for us to hear. According to the doctor, the cancer will claim Ricky's life in 16 to 24 months. I don't understand that. But you know what is even something more amazing? Is Ricky in this process. So let me tell you how Ricky's handling some of the worst news a young man or woman could hear. Minutes after hearing what the doctor said, Ricky told me, I'm fine. God's in control. How does a 25-year-old young man with his whole life ahead of him, all his dreams and ambitions, get news like this and say, I'm fine. God is in control. Because Ricky has been an incredible rescuer. It has given him an eternal perspective on life. We've been praying that God would Give Ricky amazing grace. And we have already received the first answer to that prayer. Can you imagine a young man going through what he's going through, yet having that heart? 
And the email went on to say, Ricky told me that his first thoughts as he was coming out of the surgery was this. He said, there's so much to be done. Lord, please help other team members step up and do what I can't do. And earlier, Ricky told his mom, every day, people are dying and going to hell. I can't just be lying here. <laughs> you see, you see what God has done to this in this young man's life. Every day there are people around me dying. I can't just be lying here sick. I've got to be out there sharing my faith. There is something about a level of living that God wants us to be at. It's the normal Christian life. We call it the deeper life, almost implying that there's kind of the regular life, and then there's something further down there that we haven't gotten to yet. And that, unfortunately, is the reality too often. But this is the kind of work of God that He wants to do in our lives. I wonder if, as a 25-year-old person right now, the rug was pulled out from under me with my level of faith and trust in God right now, how would I handle that? Paul prayed, he said, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will know all that we have in Christ Jesus. Every good thing that we have. It gives you a perspective on the hope that we have. It gives you an amazing understanding of the pain of our past. It gives you an understanding of the whole reason to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I'll tell you, it gives you an eternal view of life. I'll tell you what, we are so consumed with so many little things that become the major things in our life. All I know is this. Being a rescuer changes your life. And it aligns you so close with the very reason God has given us breath in the first place. We were created by Him and we were created for Him. That for Him is the part we have to get a hold of. And when God gets a hold of us and turns us into rescuers, deeper life is an incredible natural byproduct of it. So as we close, I'd ask you to pray about that. Lord, Am I missing part of the full life in Christ? If I am, help me. Help me to move to a deeper level. There's a simple way of doing it. It's becoming active and sharing the hope that you've found with those who have no hope. I'd ask you to pray about that personally. And then secondly, would you pray with us again? I, I, I ask you to do this. Pray with us as we meet tonight with a group of young people who could become like Ricky, another Ricky. If God chooses to call Ricky home, 
He's going to have to raise up more Rickies. And, and he'll do that. As we meet with these Hispanic youth tonight, and as God continues to equip and empower people. Tell you what, we, have, we all have full lives, don't we? Our lives are full. Are they fulfilling? It may be full, but is it fulfilling? There's nothing that fulfills life like helping others find the hope of heaven. And uh, he wants us involved in that process. We'd like to uh, just go before the Lord in prayer. Would you join me in prayer as we bring this to a close? I want to thank you for giving us the privilege of coming and sharing our heart. May God continue to use these words. Lord, thank you so much for the fact that uh, it's your desire that we enter into the deeper life. And this is a life that you've died to give us. It cost you your very blood. And Lord, we get so consumed with so many lesser important things in our lives. When the primary purpose of us being even redeemed and rescued ourselves is so that you would use our lives to help others. So I pray, Lord, that uh, somehow it would light a, a fire or burn a, a new flame in our life and a passion to, uh, by faith, Lord, overcome our own fears and talk to somebody about the hope that we found. Lord, there's a lot of fear in sharing our faith with others. I might mess up. I might not know what to say. I might not have the answers. I, 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 it's all I-based. And, Lord, it isn't about us. It is all about you. And one of the great truths and comforts and encouragements we have as we rescue people is what your word says, where Jesus himself said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Lord, we can't convince a person, but your spirit is already at work. And there are people ready to come to Christ. If they just had somebody to help bridge bridge from their current need to the cross of Christ. Help us to be bridge builders to the foot of the cross. In the lives of people around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.